0: What are you? Oh my gosh! I'm getting sick. What are you doing? Um, I'm I'm i just I'm resting.
1: G two, uh, we're on vacation, right? Um, show
0: podcast here. Um, well, but I, what? Wait, I, remember?
1: W- well, I, I thought we were still on hiatus. G- like <laughs> wrong. Let's go. All righty. Welcome to the Vietnam Fantasy Football Talk podcast. And now, here are your
0: hosts, the 2Gs, Mark and Drew.
1: Well, uh welcome back. I almost forgot how to do this.
0: <laughs> yeah, what's up G1? Oh,
1: just uh just uh bri- oh, I'm just enjoying uh fantasy
0: football. I mean, I'm just I just <laughs> loving it. <laughs> Enjoying life after your loss last week and the week before. Oh gosh, uh, I Didn't feel even, for you. Yeah, I did too. Um,
1: we're not supposed to talk about me, but it sorry, did, did, <laughs> <laughs> it did hurt. Uh, Landon, uh, congratulations. I, I just, I, I, Chris, I've been telling you behind the scenes. Everyone in Nom Nation is probably looking at G one and making fun of me behind my back. They're probably thinking, "This idiot, this, this, this. He's a fake. He's a fraud." And I just I stink. i I should not even be playing in this league, right?
0: No, nah, you' it's just been a rough couple of weeks with a lot of injury issues. I, I would put the blame on that
1: injuries stick but hey Joe
0: Ryan knows all too well
1: yeah yeah Joe Ryan how many points did you score last week it hurts when
0: you're missing some of your top players that's for sure
1: so yeah I think the story going for the strategy is don't get hurt during playoffs right
0: right they're the NFL players are supposed to know that like why, why are they getting hurt
1: exactly exactly so what we're we're gonna shake things up just a little bit so I thought for, usually we do the recap, right? So what we're going to do instead is just kind of look past, look back at some of the highlights, some of the lowlights <laughs> uh, of the last couple of weeks. So we're done with round one. Uh, thank goodness. <laughs> uh, some of us can say thank goodness. Some of us may say, hey, that was fun. but Yeah,
0: that was a lot of fun.
1: So... G two, where do you want to begin with last the last couple of weeks? Do we want to start with the uh, do we want to start with the folks who are not in the top four? Yeah,
0: let's do, let's do that and work our way up. So, who do you want to go? Who who do you want to
1: go? Let's do
0: uh, first Dylan and JB's game,
1: and I, I hope JB may may not be listening because what I want to say is. JB probably scored his typical 120 <laughs> yep. to 125 and points. His total
0: score is 247.9, so he's averaging about that's uh, crazy. Yeah, that's you know, right crazy. around 120.
1: So, w- what are some takeaways from that from that series from,
0: from this matchup? Um, honestly, the main reason why Dylan pulled off the win was because of Derrick Henry last week, putting up his you know career game of. Two hundred thirty-eight yards and four touchdowns. Like what? What the heck? (laughs) What the heck? Can I stop you real quickly? Please.
1: I'm uh, I I brag a little bit. I'm a top writer in Quora, uh, and I'm a top writer in multiple finance uh, business categories. And and there is a there there are a couple of fantasy football uh, categories that that I'll follow. Somebody asked the question, and I did answer it last week. Asked, is Henry one of the greatest running backs ever? And uh, I did kind of blast the questioner saying that <laughs> I, I, what I did, there's there a Wall Street Journal article either one or two years ago. By the way, that's where I get all my good fantasy football news in so the Wall Street <laughs> Journal. Ooh, sharing secrets. And there was a great article that, that showed some great one off games where people just went off. And then, who are these people? And and so that that's what I use. no one downvoted my
0: answer. So we'll see. Maybe, maybe he'll. I maybe I agree it. with your opinion here. Uh, I think he had a lot of wide open holes and I think he had a game of his life. So you, you,
1: you really don't think he's going to come back? I really don't
0: think so. I've seen him run all year and he, uh, I don't know if it's all his fault, but I don't think he's going to be putting up anything close to what he did. So does Dylan, does Dylan play him? He's going to play him. Obviously, he might as well. He doesn't have anything to lose.
1: You, you remember, like in week one or week two, we talked about availability bias. Yes. Availability bias is when you look at what's recent. It's it's what you remember. It's kind of like uh, airplane crashes. You remember the crashes, but not the millions <laughs> that touch right. ground safely. Right. So, well, I, I'm assuming Dylan will will be playing yeah. him.
0: It is interesting to see that his ownership percentage has gone up seventeen point nine percent on ESPN
1: this week. Availability bias.
0: <laughs> just a little bit.
1: Uh, and JB, by the way, let, let's uh, give a shout out there. He had some really incredible games had, from Christian McCaffrey yeah. and
0: Julio as well. And if you look at his total score, those two guys scored about half his points. So just think about if he had any more weapons on his team, then he would actually be a pretty dominant team. Now,
1: he did... okay. The, the first game when, it, when they played Baltimore in at 3.8 points and then last week he surpassed 30 points. So typical Julio 100 yards uh, threw in a couple of touchdowns uh, for good measure. So that's that's um, Dylan and uh, JB and so congrats to those again. <laughs> I know they may be frustrated, but still uh still good job. And by the way, good job to Dylan. Again, we he won two games this past year, but uh just I, I thought he I, I thought he's a great player in the league in my opinion. Absolutely.
0: So who next do you want to do it. who do you want to do next? Uh let's do Stump and and uh Thomas here. Now, that that was tight, or close. This was actually the closest matchup of the whole two-week round. Any surprises?
1: Any surprises there?
0: Uh, Gronk finally putting up a big stat. It's been a while for him. He can't tackle, though, can he? (laughs) Uh, Oh, my gosh. What what a crazy play. Good for the Dolphins, I guess. Um, There's a lot of people that hate the Patriots and are super happy, but... I don't exactly know why Gronk was in that position. I assume it was to bat a ball down, but I don't think Hill can even could have even thrown the ball down the field far enough for Gronk to be involved in a play where he swat the ball down.
1: The, the only thing I can think about right now is one of Bill Belichick's comments that I heard third hand. Hey, no one died. <laughs> so, so what what, what? what are we belly aching about? Or it's—I guess—it makes great news for all the talking heads on the NFL Network and ESPN. So stump beat uh, Thomas.
0: Uh, is there anything Thomas could have done to overcome Jake? There. Uh, mm, I mean, just looking from this last week, uh, there were—I mean—there were a couple things that that Thomas could have done. If he had stuck in luck, he would have had about ten more points from his quarterback, and that would have. That would have put him just within three points of stump. So uh it could really have gone either way. Oh, and Mixon on his bench, put up twenty four points. I'm guessing he was just giving a a crack to some other guys. Um he could have put him in his flex instead of Mike Williams and he would have he would have uh, won his matchup. But you know, it is it is the constellation bracket and he was just probably trying to uh give some other guys a chance to to do well on his lineup.
1: Okay, I have a question, uh G. Two yes. Who scored the most points over the two week period?
0: <clears throat> my team, and East Dakota. Wh- why did that happen? Um, they. Gosh, I don't know. Um, weirdly I don't know. Weirdly enough, like I'm in a way, I'm not surprised. I feel like a, a lot of my guys were they're clicking. You're starting to, to, to click.
1: At the same time. Yes.
0: Amari Cooper being one of those big ones. Kelsey has been on a huge roll in the past five, six weeks. And I've had just some consistent scores. So, yeah, I was the only one in the this last round to put over 300 points.
1: Now, as as a fantasy player, you've been doing this five or six years. Do you think, look what I'm doing, and how come I'm not in the <laughs> – uh the final yeah. four.
0: I mean you're in there because you're consistent the whole year, not just the end. So I mean it's it's fair. But yeah, it is, is it fun? Is it fun? It, is, it, it fun? is fun, absolutely. I again I'm very competitive, so even if I'm in the constellation bracket I'm trying to get that fifth spot again just like I did last year. <laughs> you you did
1: have a formidable opponent. I mean Anthony is not he he's not a pushover. He's got some good players, although right. Oh, no, no, he, Kareem Hunt. He, he's he's got a little uh, character flaw issue <laughs> on, on his roster, right. so he lo- that that I mean that hurt that that hurt. That would have been probably twenty plus extra points, uh, possibly.
0: That's just for one week. Go. I mean, this last week, the spot that played instead of Kareem Hunt was probably I guess LaShawn McCoy, and he put up point one because he went out with an injury. Yeah,
1: an injury. Exactly. Exactly. That's a good point. So very well done g2 very very well done thank you uh let's let's <laughs> let's uh, go to let's go to joe ryan we've already talked about him mm-hmm. just briefly but let's talk about him and chris i to i want to say something from two weeks ago i interviewed uh, chris and jake uh, they were uh, gracious enough to come on the show and know and i asked chris about the seating and he said and Chris, do you remember this? I think you said you would not have minded uh, being the number uh, two seed. Right. And I don't know if he had insights. I don't know if he knew he might be matched up uh, with Joe Ryan. So he probably knew that number four seed was either going to be Landon or possibly you or even uh, uh, Jake.
0: Right. Definitely worked out in his favor. It worked out in his favor. And unfortunately for Joe Ryan... He just had guys that were either that were either hurt or just kind of put up some duds like Fernet, Like that's someone that you can typically expect to get over twenty points, and he put up six point one. So I mean, what can you say? He did all he could, and it's just it just wasn't enough. He had too many guys not not putting up a big game. Antonio Brown he had less than ten points that you don't see that very often.
1: So Chris kind of breezed through his round, and then that leads us to Landon. And MLB uh, landed one by f- almost 50
0: points. A little bit anticlimactic, like you said earlier, off, off the air.
1: Yeah, first first game was just really <laughs> disappointing. Again, no carry-on Johnson for me. Uh, Matt Burita, uh, his he did play that first game, but he had ankle injuries. Didn't play most of the game. Uh, so I just kept coming up lame. Um, again, no crying in, in fantasy uh, fantasy uh, football. But even tonight, you and I were looking at my roster. Q. Yep. Q. <laughs> yep. Q. 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 D. <laughs> uh, it's like my whole team is like.
0: Hard to win when you have that.
1: Oh, gosh. Um, so anyway, and nothing to take away from Landon because, gosh, you were the, th- was Landon the third Highest score.
0: That would be the third highest.
1: Yeah, third highest. So you were first. Chris was second, and Landon third. So again, very well done, uh, gentlemen, and uh, just uh, is is fascinating. But I do hope, I do hope this going for number one. Well, I mean, I'm going to be paying attention to it. I, I want to see some tight. I want to see some tight scores. Agree.
0: Absolutely, that'd be great.
1: So, I want to move in to our next segment, and I subscribe to three publications. And I'm also a, I'm also a part of several private groups uh, because of my profession. But the three publications I subscribe to are The New York Times, uh, The Wall Street Journal, and you're going to think uh, another business publication, right? Right, but no. Uh, no, no, it's 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 not it's not what you may be thinking. It is it's the Athletic, and there's some tremendous. I was telling you uh, before the show, I read maybe anywhere from one to two articles a week. So I, so I do. I mean, I limit myself. I'm not I'm not I'm not just reading it all the time. So. One or two articles. There's one, one couple of people I really like to follow, if possible. And there was an article that came out. Uh, actually, it was a couple of weeks ago. So, if any of you guys do subscribe to the Athletic, I apologize if you are hearing something that's old news. So, this came out. This is a. Uh, uh, this is dated November 29th. So, a couple of weeks ago. But the gist of the article is they start out with Christian McCaffrey. And so if JB's listening, he's going, yeah, touches, touches. But actually, he does not get 30 touches a game. No. Yeah. So the, the author is pointing out that people who drafted him were thinking he's probably going to get 30 touches. Around 20 for running and about 10 for catching. Well, that's not the case. Right. It's about 20. But the focus was not on touches. It was on...
0: The uh yardage share.
1: Yardage share. I was getting ready to say time share. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that'd be mis that'd be misleading, but but yardage uh share. So at the very top, this is interesting. So think of yardage share from from line of line of scrimmage. David Johnson is number one at thirty. He he has almost forty percent of the total yards at scrimmage. That's a lot. Now that's misleading. It is Arizona. It's Arizona. Guess who's number two? Were you surprised when you saw Zeke? Uh they're a pretty run heavy team. Now that could be if 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 we were to look at the last three weeks it would change up a little bit. I, I would yeah. I would say yeah. Uh no surprises on number three, Saquon Barkley and thirty six percent. Now we get into number four. Christian McCaffrey at thirty three percent. Here's another Todd Gurley at thirty. No surprise, so about, about a third. You know there. So here's one that I found interesting. Do you find it peculiar that Julio Jones is high at thirty percent? I was I was pretty surprised. And then Adam Thielen, my 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 boy, <laughs> Adam Thielen. He's at twenty almost twenty nine percent. I want to skip down a couple. Oh, wow, Adrian Peterson. Um, yeah, we're not going to talk about him, but he's at 26%. That's a little bit of a surprise, and he's like 52 years old, <laughs> is he?
0: Well, they had no one else to, to give the ball to.
1: Now, you brought something up that surprised me. There not there a tight end? Yeah, I miss? Zach
0: Ertz is somewhere on that list.
1: Yeah, there he is. Zach Ertz has 23%. The total yards. I find that from... pretty
0: impressive for a tight end. I mean, as far as I know, Kelsey isn't on that list anywhere close, and he has the. You know, he's the number one tight end in in football.
1: Exactly. He's even higher than say like Matt Breida. Uh, he's higher than Carryon Johnson because some of those guys have been injured. Uh, there's Kenyon Drake. Um, of course, Nick Chubb has not started the whole season. So very, very fascinating. So let me let me stop here and ask the qu- next question. Are you going to maybe take this in consideration for
0: next year's
1: draft? You I mean, keep this? yeah,
0: it definitely makes a difference because, you know, like you said, a lot of people do look at the okay, number of targets someone gets. But if they're not doing anything with those targets, then then it's not going to matter, matter as much. And so maybe someone does have less targets. Um, but if they're making use of those targets, for instance, like, again, Christian McCaffrey, even though he does have a pretty high target share, but he's less overall than people anticipated him getting in the first place. Um, but he, I mean, you've seen some of the explosive plays he's had where he gets, you know, 30, 40 yard it's plays. amazing.
1: Just amazing. Well, that's a good segue into our next topic. So a couple of weeks ago I was already writing down questions for our next show and uh, Again, I am the creator of the Moron Files. So this is really a Moron Files question. But the topic is rookie receivers. So the question is, G2, the question is, why isn't it? Or Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. I have two questions. Let me go to question number one because I was getting ready to jump into question number two. Question number one, of the rookie receivers, of the rookie crop, for 2018, how many of them are having good years? I'm not going to say great, but how many of them are having good years,
0: rookie year? There's not a lot of names. There's only, in fact, uh, fantasy-wise, there's really only one guy who's who's put up a year, uh, in the total of the year, uh, put up a decent number, and that's Calvin Ridley. I think he's he's down at around 20. He's 22. Uh, total on the wide receiver ranking, and after that, after that, you have David, uh, not David Moore, you have DJ Moore, <laughs> yeah, uh, from, from Carolina. Yeah, I, I know a little bit about David <laughs> right. uh, Moore. Um, the DJ is uh, he's thirty fourth, and then Christian Kirk. Unfortunately, he he is on the IR now, but he had some uh, some inklings of of success, and he like his highest point total. He put up a sixteen point seven. Uh, and so if he hadn't gotten hurt, potentially it would be better, but he's ranked 44th right is on,
1: now. Is he on Jake's team? Uh, Yeah, that's
0: correct. That is okay. correct, and he started him quite a few times. He did,
1: I I recall. In fact, I think I remember him picking him up. I don't think he had him at the beginning of the year, did he? Uh, I don't think he did. I think he picked him up off, off the uh, right. waiver. That was a good pickup, uh, Jake.
0: So, yeah, uh, you know, basically there's not a whole lot there, uh, and that's kind of expected just because you look at, You know, the way wide receivers come into the league now, it it takes a little while.
1: Well, and so that's question number two. Right. Why, in your opinion,
0: why does it take so long? I think the main reason, the thing that I usually think of is, okay, when you have a running back gets drafted in the league and they're decent enough to be the starting running back, you know, they're automatically going to be getting at least 15 to 20 touches, and they're going to be, you know, they are the running back. And so when you have a running play, they're obviously going to get the points. You have a wide receiver though who is a rookie. Uh he's got to uh to kind of compete with two to three other wide receivers who are Good already point. on the right. field, already right. may have rapport with the quarterback. And right. so besides learning the playbook, learning the routes, learning, you know, what specific things that the quarterback likes to do. Like, uh, I know Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's pretty particular, and I imagine it's really hard to be a rookie wide receiver over in Green Bay, um, you know, with a veteran quarterback. Uh, so it takes a little while. It, you know, it takes takes some time to, to get that rapport, to, to figure things out.
1: So you're saying, if I want to try for the NFL, I should start –
0: maybe being a running back instead of a wide receiver, <laughs> right? Yeah. Of course, then you only have like an eight-year career at best.
1: <laughs> okay. All right. And, and, unless you're – well, I'm trying to think who did have a longer career. Uh, I mean, we have Adrian Peterson, uh, did Frank Did Marcus, Marcus Allen. But you know what they did? Uh, those – like Marcus Allen, he became a – just predominantly a third down uh, – Mm-hmm. Runner.
0: Well, I mean, like Frank Gore, he doesn't see the majority of touches, so that's kind of similar.
1: That's yeah. That that's that's a topic for another day. Yep. Um, next question. We, so we did a, not a question, but we did some homework. Uh, we just followed this along. So there, we picked just at random four star stud uh, wide receivers. So we looked at Julio Jones. So we're going to ask the audience. By, by the way, next year, hopefully it's in the budget, we'll, we'll have a producer and we'll do this to where we'll, we'll tell you what time we're going to be on. Uh, we'll be on Twitter. Well, the podcast will be on Twitter, but we'll be tracking Twitter live. And then, and then the audience, our audience of eight or nine can be there. Of course, Miss, we know Mrs. G won't be doing this, but uh, this would be a perfect time for the audience. Our, our loyal audience, that is, all, <laughs> right. all eight that have gone in and given us high fives in iTunes, right? Right. They're probably saying, get to the point, G1. So we looked at Julio Jones, and t- the, the audience, Landon, you, you guys who listen religiously on Saturday mornings, when did Julio have his breakout year? Was it year one, year two, year three? Or more. Or more. <laughs> And the answer is?
0: Year one. What a surprise. He, he came out of uh, Alabama, right? Right. So he's used to a pro-style offense. Now didn't he, he? He was drafted... Pretty high. He was drafted 6th overall, I believe. In the same year as Cam Newton, 2011. Didn't you say also that there weren't many running backs? No. The the highest running back that year was Mark Ingram. Interesting. Um, And there was a wide receiver drafted higher than him, and that was A.J. Green. He was drafted 4th.
1: Interesting uh, draft class. Right. Hey, so we picked three more. So Julio right away, but Antonio Brown of the Pittsburgh Steelers. How long was it before he had his breakout year as a receiver?
0: Year one? Now,
1: okay, (laughs) now you know the answer. What did you think it was? So
0: I knew before actually looking it up, I knew that it did take him at least a couple years to really show himself.
1: So year two, he was okay. I don't think I would have been starting him every week. But year four, he had his breakout year. In fact, year four... He
0: broke 100 receptions, uh, he, right? That was
1: the first year of having six years in a row. And that streak is still going on, but he had his first year of 100 yards plus. That started year four, and now he's had uh, six in a row counting this year. Uh, we had to do uh, one of my boys, uh, Adam Thielen.
0: Very interesting story, as I'm sure a lot of you know.
1: Uh, well, he, he graduated from... East, west, central, <laughs> down, south, under whatever, Dakota Community College, right? Yeah. Uh, he graduated from your team, right? Right. Uh, he he did not, I'll just tell you right now,
0: it wasn't year one. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was on a pra- on the practice squad. I didn't really look it up, but I would be surprised if that's what he was doing. was it year two. <laughs> nope. Year, do I hear year
1: three? How about year four? Year five, yes, we've got Year a winner. Five. Year five. Took him that long. So let's head over to Green Bay and look at...
0: Uh, Devontae Adams.
1: What is it? Did, now, did you know the answer to that one? I
0: knew it took him a little while because he had to contend with uh, Jordy Nelson who was uh, Aaron Rodgers' number one for quite a few years, and also Randall Cobb. He's, he has been very fantasy relevant in the past. Right. Uh, top 15, maybe top 10, I can't remember. Uh, so I knew it was at least a couple years, but I'll let you share.
1: It was year number three. Number three. Number three. Okay, before we move into question of the week, by the way, that was three questions or two questions, but we do officially have question of the week. Uh, We are going to do a new segment called the G2 Tribute of the Week, and uh, when we get done with that, we'll do Question of the Week. So, uh, G2, what do you think of that tribute to Mr. I like that. Good good for Andrew Luck. I think he he deserves that. I Uh, think he deserves it. Good guy. I mean, he just epitomizes the word grit. So let's talk about question of the week, and then we're going to wrap up with your predictions for this week. So, question of the week
0: is: G two, what is waiver wire fatigue? Uh, it's something that I've—I'd uh, say I definitely have experienced. So it's towards the end of the season, and you're just tired of having to deal with your either with your fantasy team with with uh, trying to scour the waiver wire for for pickups that aren't really there, uh trying to fill your spots and you're just kinda sick of it. So I guess that that would be my definition of waiver wire fatigue. You're just tired of looking for people on the on the free agent wire.
1: I would say a good definition of waiver wire fatigue is you have all this activity, all this activity, <laughs> and all of a sudden the activity just gets <laughs> lesser. Right. And lesser. And there are probably some people who aren't even looking at
0: it. And the more leagues you're in, I think the more likely you are to be fatigued. <laughs>
1: now, I'll say this. Am I fatigued? I don't know. But I'm here to tell you, I do work it. <laughs> I mean, I I need to. I I have to. I'm the moron. So this moron has to be, you know, just scouring the universe of the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> So am I fatigued? Uh, Maybe, but uh, it doesn't mean I'm not looking at it uh, week to week. So that was question of the week, and uh, that was brought to you by, well, whoops, we don't have a sponsor. Dang it. We're supposed to do that back in week one. (laughs) You know, I've been thinking about a sponsor, and I may even pay for it. Um, I've been thinking of one. I see him on LinkedIn just about every day. You know who I'm thinking about? Uh no. Oh, you just about said his name. No.
0: Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, I know what you're saying I, now. I, I
1: I I'm I'm just going to stop there for those of y'all who are from Fayette, which is a lot of you, you may know who I'm talking about. I'll just leave it a surprise and I'll just ask him if he'd like to do a 30-second spot and hey, I'll pay the $10,000 <laughs> uh the, the, that that is needed to air on the number one podcast in vietnam nation so anyway let's let's move into our projections and let's just start at the very bottom let's start with the uh consolation ladder and let's just go with deflator and team miller who gets the edge I was, I was getting ready to say something mm-hmm. you said uh, earlier the the question <laughs> can, can i say it go ahead please the question is, can Team Miller score 121 points? <laughs> right, and if he does, he wins. Right.
0: Uh, yeah, the mark of consistency, I guess, for for JB. So, you think everyone knows what we're talking about? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he scored between 120 and 130 points, like the majority of his games this season. So, yeah, Anthony, can you score more than that? Then you're going to win. <laughs> so, what's your call? Ah, uh, I, I kind of want to go with JB this week. The ESPN projections uh, give a nod to JB, and I know I see McCaffrey and Jones having another big game. Uh, and um, I don't know. I I'm a little I'm a little worried on Anthony's side because McCoy's had some injury issues. Thomas has not been getting very many looks in Houston lately. Um, Smith over over in New Orleans has been injured so I don't know if he's even playing and uh yeah I don't, there's just a lot of a lot of question marks on Miller's team
1: next game Dylan and Thomas
0: who do you like Dylan and Thomas got it. I mean I would naturally just go with Thomas just because over the year he had the better record so he is the the uh the natural pick but I, that's a tough call the projection actually is pretty similar within three points. Yeah. Does that so, surprise you? Um, I mean, again, Dylan's team is not bad. Uh, he's got, he's got some decent guys in there that have put up some big numbers, especially of late George Kittle for one. Of course, we already talked about Derrick Henry. Keenan Allen has been on a huge tear in the past, uh, five weeks. He's, he scored a touchdown in each one of those. So could really go either way. Um, I I'll just go with Thomas here just, just because he's the, the has the higher projection. East Dakota Community College. I think that's
1: G 2 Can I let, can I let you do this once I don't vote for yeah, my own team? I, and by the way, Jake, you're you're awesome. You're amazing. I enjoyed visiting with you. You're sharp. And I think if you I mean I think you would agree with me. This is hard, and again, this has nothing to do. This has nothing to do with uh, nepotism. <laughs> okay, but I'm giving it to G2. I, again, I. It just pains. It pains me to have to say that because all of you guys are are just wonderful people. But I'm sorry. I, I really think, and and Jake, you've got some guys that are. Well, you you we are Jake and I have something in common. We're dealing with this thing called injuries and it uh it hurts. Yeah, yeah, I don't think Connor that that's a big deal. I mean, you you're probably kind of hoping that
0: I'm hoping the, he's not playing, yeah. The,
1: the, yeah, so at least you're being honest. <laughs> okay, let's work our way up to the um uh winners bracket uh, and the consolation ladder. You got Joe Ryan and MLB Obviously, I can't say anything. Right. So, So,
0: again, injuries have been an issue for both of your teams. I think Joe Ryan has been hurt even more significantly. Uh, If he does not have Melvin Gordon in this matchup, then I would say that you have the edge in this game. Uh, Right now, the projection is a little off because I think Ware um, has a zero projection right now because he's doubtful. Yeah, I'm I'm
1: trying to psych out Joe Ryan. I'm keeping him in because I want him to think.
0: Oh, he's gonna win.
1: <laughs> I want, I want him to think. Right. Oh, he's not gonna. So I can just kind of ease up a little bit.
0: Dang it! I just shared my strategy.
1: G <laughs> one, you're an idiot. <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah, I, I think it kind of hinges on that because Joe Ryan has. It's been a while since he's been, since he's been able to play Fournette and Gordon in the same game, and I think if he had that, then the edges with him.
1: All right. Now let's get into the big prediction. And do you big have a one. coin? You have, you have a you have a silver dollar, a shiny silver dollar that we can uh, well, flip. Hey, do we need to we need to come up with some of Jason Witten isms? Uh, <laughs> the last one I heard was uh, he kicked his, he he kicked himself in the foot. <laughs> uh, that sounds like something I would say. So. What's your call on Chris and Landon? Well,
0: the ES proge- ESPN projection, uh, once again, as it has been a lot of the season, is overwhelmingly on the side of Chris. Here, he's he's projected one fifty nine point three. That's so a lot that's of kind points. Of, that's kind of stupid. <laughs> but uh, again, it's because his, his team is pretty solid. He has guys that are pretty predictable. Okay, Gurley put up, you know, a, a dud as we know last week. What are the chances of that happening two weeks in a row? Uh, I would say very slim. Not very happen. slim. And let's see, Mahomes plays this Thursday against the Chargers. I'm anticipating a big game from from him against the Chargers. That's a that's a division game, and it's gonna decide you know who gets that first round by essentially, because if the Chargers win, then they're gonna have I think the same record. So I was almost I was, I started to ask if oh, they could be at home, but it's almost like a
1: home game no matter <laughs> where they're playing, <laughs> right? Uh, it, where is it? Is it is it a is it a home game for the Rams? Uh,
0: I should know this. Uh, say, it is a home game for the Rams, I think.
1: I was going to say even if it's over that little rinky dink Chargers team, <laughs> the Rams might have right. out out. Well, you don't know. I, I
0: want to say it's uh, a home game for the Rams. Uh, yes, it's a home game for the Rams, and then the. Chiefs are playing at home as well.
1: By the way, what a story for the Chargers this year! Right, I, I know the pre, A lot of the press clippings, all the big headlines. The Chiefs, uh, obviously, uh, the Saints, of course, the Rams. Uh, there've been some other great stories. Uh, the Houston Texans, up until last week, uh, the, the Chargers to me have been one of the really cool stories right. this year. And
0: interestingly enough, I thought it was I thought it was crazy that last week. Three of the four top uh, AFC teams uh in the division all lost. That'd right. be New England, uh the Texans and uh Pittsburgh as well. Almost had another one too. And right, with the Chiefs, they cut it close. Uh but um but then the Chargers, they have a better record than all three of them and they're in the wild card spot just because they're it's in the crazy. same division as the Chiefs.
1: So did I hear you say a winner?
0: <laughs> no, I was putting it off. You are going to have to give it a call. Get, tell I us. think Landon has more wild cards, so guys that, you know, they could put up, you know, a really low number, but at the same time, you know, they could uh, they could do something great. Like, for instance, uh, Landon has Justin Jackson in his flex position. If Melvin Gordon does not play, then I would say Jackson has a chance to really have a big game, uh, but it's kind of decided on a couple factors there. Jeffrey has had a really rough season. He just did put up a good game last week. Um... So I would say Landon has more guys that that they're not guaranteed to put up big points. But that does not mean that it cannot happen. So I think it could be very close. And your pick. But I'm gonna (laughs) give the I'm gonna give the edge to Chris, at least for this this coming week's matchup. Do you hear that, Chris? Do you hear that Chris?
1: Landon are you going to text uh, G2 or G2 and say what are you doing
0: dude prove me wrong I, I it's okay if you do it'll be So fun. I want to know
1: so will Landon and C- Chris will they be doing any smack talk and texting I don't know uh, I, I, I could
0: see that maybe happening do, do they
1: do that I do I know
0: Chris gets gets he is uh as competitive as I am, if not more. And he gets really into it. So he might be kind of in his zone. Really, (laughs) He might be a bit of in his zone and not wanting to communicate with anyone.
1: Well, there you have it. Uh, Will we be back again next week? We will. uh, Right.
0: That is correct.
1: So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for going into iTunes and, and sharing how much you love the show and how much you just love uh, G2, yeah, we, we busted. We we busted the bank. We're like 40-plus minutes. Hey, it makes
0: up for not doing one last week. Exactly.
1: Well, everyone, good luck uh, this weekend, and we will see you next week in about 167 hours. <laughs> team Ball and Acme Pack, a tale of two teams. Landon lost his first game, scoring just 98 points this year against a team he easily put away in the first round of the playoffs. And he'd go on to lose three of his first five games. But Landon would go on to rally by winning five of his last seven, averaging 160 points during that stretch. And then how about Chris? All he did was light up the scoreboard each week. After losing his first game of the year, in which he scored 158 points, he reeled off four straight victories. After a five-point loss, he then won three more in a row. And during 10 games, he averaged 160 points. In one game where he is flat, he still won by scoring 119 points. By week four, Landon's roster started clicking with the likes of Zeke Elliott, Brandon Cooks, and waiver wire pickup Philip Lindsey. And the addition of Zach Ertz seemed to be just what the doctor ordered in a win win trade with Dylan. Now, Chris pounded his opponents each week with Todd Gurley, who seemed to score 30 points weekly. And then Devontae Adams was a beast. Michael Thomas and Aaron Rodgers, well, they were indispensable, too. Now, how did Landon and Chris fare head-to-head? Well, in the first game, Landon beat Chris in Week 6 by five points as both teams finished in the 160s. It was a great game. And even though the three-headed monster of Rodgers, Gurley, and Adams scored 100 points combined, Chris could not ward off Landon's balanced attack. And by the way, the the difference maker of that week, Landon's Texans, they scored 21 points that week. And then in week 11, a must-win situation for Landon. Chris scored four more points this time around, and he put away Landon by 18. So, who wins this matchup? of two high-potent offenses, Chris may have the slight edge, but anything can happen. Good luck, guys. And by the way, represent Vietnam Nation well along the way.
0: Thank you for listening to Vietnam Fantasy Football Talk with the two Gs, Mark and Drew.